Happy New Year. It's 2023, January 1. So, so happy to have you join us today for the new year. It's been a long time since I've seen you, since last year. Ha ha. <laughs> anyway, a couple announcements. Um, we uh, we head down for our, our chili contest on January the 29th. I'm pushing it back a little bit to February the 5th. Uh, because on January the 29th, we're going to have a guest speaker in on the, both sessions. Uh, her name is uh, Shauna Mertel, and it's, is she going to talk about the suicide? Uh, her husband committed suicide about eight years ago, maybe ten years ago, something like that, a while back. And um, anyway, she wrote a book, and she she had some quite experiences with God. Um, he took her to not only the throne room, but also the courtroom in heaven, and and uh, there's just miraculous things that he did. And it's just, it's just an inspiring message for those that just need hope. And also, maybe someone has lost someone by suicide, um, just how to get through. Um, and it's just an amazing testimony on what God did for her. So we have invited her in, and that'll be on January the 29th, both services. So whoever's down to teach that day, I have to move you back to. Are you? Okay. So I have to move you back to. Um, but anyway, so, so the, the chili contest is going to be February the 5th. And I know all of you are signing up. A lot of you are. Yep. So we're going to have a contest then. Um, let's see, is there any other announcements that I can think of? I think that's it. Okay, just Happy New Year. All right, let's stand. We'll get our service going today. Be thinking of a testimony on what God has done for you this last year uh, during 2022 because we want you to come up and share just the good news and uh, what God did for you during that time. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. We come boldly for your throne of grace, and we thank you so much. We thank you for all that you've done. And, Lord, we thank you for blessing us this last year. It's just been so amazing what you've done. Um, just the, also the mission trips you took us on and everything you've done and what you're going to do in the future where you're taking us uh, to all around the world, several of us, to, to just give the good news, the gospel, and also to lay hands on those that are sick and to see them recover and to be healed. Some, some miracles take place. And so we just thank you for that. And, Lord, just bless the service today. Bless this new year. And let us have eyes to see what the Spirit of the Lord is showing us and to be aware of what's coming around and what's going on in our surroundings and not be caught off guard. Let, uh, let us be tuned in to you this next year. Really tuned in to you. We're going to have to be. We're going to have to be uh, really close to you, Lord, to hear what's going on and also see what's going on and so that we can help others in the time of need. And, Lord, we ask that you bless the service. We ask that you bless the praise and worship. And we give you all the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Time for offering. Test one, two. Hey, there we go. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Happy New Year. <sighs> All right. Well, it's time for uh, offering. And uh, as you come forth with your gifts to the Father, I just want to just want to share a little bit with you. You know, things are not always 
perfect. Things are not always peaches and cream, so to speak. And, uh, you know, we, we've all had our struggles, uh, but the Lord, the Lord is faithful, Amen. always faithful. Amen. And there have been times recently in uh, Sharon and I, uh, situations where we needed to give above and beyond. It was time for us to just do more in faith. And, you know, as, as God is faithful, he is true. So if he tells you that he's going to come through, he's going to come through. So always remember that. Always believe that. Always stand on that as you give this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's pray over the offering here. <clears throat> Lord, the perhaps the biggest secret that I know is the secret of offering, the secret of giving. And I would love to be able to tell a congregation, I was just thinking this, I would love to be able to tell a congregation about the big secret, but I don't know how. I don't know how to say it. Because the right hand's not supposed to let the left hand know what it does. So you're either the right hand or the left hand, but you're not, not, I'm not supposed to tell you about my giving. But I can tell you, that's a big secret. This is as close as I can get. So this past week, we're kind of testimony morning. This past week, my hair is all soapy. I'm in the shower, and I've been praying, Lord, give me the opportunity to help somebody that's hurting. Give me the opportunity to help somebody that's hurting. So as I'm showering, washing my hair, he speaks to me, this couple, don't even live here is hurting. So I got out of the shower and I sent them a gift. And they called crying. Amen. I like making people cry. <laughs> and God gave us the opportunity to have have a have another couple cry too. Just this past week. So, yeah, we like making people cry. So that's as close as I can get to tell you what we do. But let me just, here's the big secret. You can't outgive God. Amen. You can't. Now, I know what you're thinking, but Stan, you don't understand. I have a set amount that comes in every month. And I'm going to say, if that's your attitude, you don't know the secret. Because the secret is, there's windows of heaven that God can pour you out a blessing that you do not have room enough to receive. Amen. And when you give, I, and I always need to say this, because I've tried this too, that he is not obligated to cover hot checks <laughs> in your giving. So you have to have it to give it. Okay, so you can't just, okay, well, 
is you got to really have it. But the big secret is when you give, give hoping for nothing in return. Um, I don't know how to word. I don't know how to. I don't. I don't want to tell you, but I want to tell you. I want. I'm. I'm, I'm very excited to be able to, to give and to help people. So I'll just say it in a very general way. A, 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 a couple called, and I won't even say when, and they said, can we borrow this amount? And I immediately said, yeah. How do we send it to you? Zelle. Okay. So I sent them that amount plus this amount, more than the, what they asked. Why? Because if they ask for this, oh, and they said, and we'll have it back to you the next day by noon. I don't care. Bible says give hoping for nothing in return. So if they ask for this, and if I send this, and they return it the next day at noon, it was a loan. Yes. Right? Yes. But if they ask for this, and I send this, hoping for nothing in return, not calling them, not checking on it, not expecting anything, and I get a text in the mail. Or that's how it is these days. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the new mail text. Yeah. Free postage. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Be blessed. Then it's not a loan, it's a gift. And I got a text saying, hey, it returned. But Lord, it still counts. <laughs> because I was hoping for nothing return. I didn't give them what they asked. Gave more, right? Amen. And then when Sean calls and says, hey, we got a big donation. It's not the same. Yes, I say thank you, Lord, but it's not the same. I say thank you, Lord, with a expectation, a righteous expectation. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Probably most of our congregation knows what I'm talking about. But if you were to ask me, what am I excited about with 2022, looking into 2023? I, I'm excited about the secret, the secret of giving that I can't seem to talk about. I would love people to tell you because wah, I've seen the windows open up. Sure, absolutely. I've seen it. Have you seen it? You know it. You know it. You know it. There, there, you know it. There's impossible, impossible, I say impossible for not to come in a certain way because uh, when you sow, you come. That's the, I mean, Right. I, don't, I don't go to my vegetable garden look for when I don't sow nothing. Right. I remember I remember <laughs> one day this week, I remember Sean called me and said, Okay, well this was the deposit today, this is the we also we got a big donation today and I said, Thank you, Lord, hung up and I turned and I pointed to the seat and I said, You did that because before I, 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 I didn't, we didn't make it through a day before you returned it, returned what I just gave away. Yeah. 
So that's the big secret. The secret is you can't outgive God. Amen. That's the big secret. So I gave my testimony. So, Lord, you know, this is yours. Amen. And as the example of the widow's might teaches us, it's not the amount that they give. It's the heart that they give with, that we give with, and to a certain degree, the amount of difficulty it is to give. The one person can give $100, and it's not very much. Another person can give a hundred dollar a dollar, and it's all they have. So it's not how much we give, it's our heart and the difficulty. And Lord, I know that it's difficult for a lot of people to give. I know there's a matter of fact, how many of you here need a special blessing right now financially? You'd raise your hand, you'd say, I need a I need a special, I need one of those donations, I need one of those. Okay, Lord, Lord you saw it, return it to them in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you so much for your hand, your might, for you are the Jehovah. And we rest in you. Our faith and trust is in you. With our giving and with our everything, Lord. With our, our heart, mind, and soul, we give it all to you, Lord. And we thank you for the finances that we do have, that we may return it back unto you. For you are the greatest, and you are greatly to be praised. You are the best investment there ever could be for us here and now. And we love you and we thank you so much for the the promise that you don't have to give us of the return from our giving. We will reap what we sow. And Lord, we thank you so much for that. And we, we just, we love you so much. We look forward to this new year and the new things to come and the new levels and the new places you're going to take us. We look forward to that, being with you. We love you and thank you in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Uh, need a couple of gentlemen up here that know the word, that love the Lord Jesus, that want to help distribute the body and blood of Jesus. So, those of you watching online already know we we have we take communion once a month at this church, but don't let that hold you back from taking it every day. There's been times where we took communion two or three times a day. So it's not limited once a month. We just do it once a month because we want to make it something special. Church, I, as I've mentioned several times, church I grew up in, we uh, passed the plate every Sunday. And after a while it got to where it's passed potatoes, please. So I want to do it and make it special because it is special. In the Christian faith, we don't have a whole lot of rituals. Seems like the devil always tangles people up with all kinds of rituals. But this is one thing as Christians we do. He commands us, this do in remembrance of me. Last week and the week before, we talked about that the only place in the world that Jesus could have been born, if he was the Lamb of God, and he was, would be in one specific place where the sacrificial lambs for temple sacrifice were born. Jesus was born there. 
And then when he's born, if he is truly the Lamb of God, then he must be wrapped in swaddling clothes. Swaddling means restraining, so he could not scratch himself like with his fingernails or whatever, so he would remain to be a perfect sacrifice. Jesus was our sacrifice. And this body and blood we're about to take helps us to remember that sacrifice that he did for us. And I believe that through this body and blood, it can heal us spiritually and physically. Now, a little extra special thing. These little squares here, you can't buy these at the grocery store. You have to get these from your pastor <laughs> who took his own wheat berries and ground them to powder and cooked it on his own. Yes, so the, I made these unleavened bread. I assure you they're unleavened bread. The recipe is simple. It is just wheat and uh, a little bit of oil and some water, which have now all been baked off. And then I baked it for about 30 minutes. So I, I, I hope it tastes better than the other little crackers we've been washing down for years now. I think it tastes better. Anyway, so yes, Lord. We do thank you for your body and your blood that we're about to distribute in Jesus' name. So, back to my story. You know, it's so amazing that Jesus was born in exactly the spot. The shepherds knew as soon as they heard he was in a manger. Manger is not a barn. It's a place where the sheep are fed. As soon as they heard swaddling clothes, they knew exactly where the baby was because there's only one place on the planet, and that's in the city of Bethlehem, where those sacrificial lambs are born. Those sacrificial lambs are wrapped so they can't scratch themselves and disqualify themselves. Now try to imagine Jesus grew up to some 33 years old. During that time, that meant he never slipped and fell. He never cut himself. He never had a broken bone. He never. He was perfect. Total, not only perfect physically, perfect spiritually. Bible says he was tempted in all manners such as we are, yet without sin. I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday, and I said, you know, it seems like with us men, the Bible says we're supposed to go from faith to faith. I said, but it seems like, now I don't know about you ladies, you ladies are probably perfect, but us men, we go from mistake to mistake. Mistake to mistake to mistake. Seems like that, anyway. So, we men need that blood of Jesus. Now, you ladies probably, probably more perfect than us, but you still need it too, right? Amen. No one took Jesus' life. They didn't kill him. They didn't murder him. He could have at any minute called 12 legions of angels and just one angel killed 187,000 Philistines in one evening. So he could have called 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands of angels to put a stop to it anytime he wanted to. All of this was so that a perfect sacrifice could be punished to take away the sins of those people that were guilty. You know, the way the devil works, <clears throat> take, for example, Trump right now. They're, they've just got his tax records. 
Why do they want to get his tax records? Do they want to make certain that he paid all of the taxes he was supposed to pay? No. They're looking for dirt. They're looking for anything that would disqualify him from being a blessing. Well, that's what they did. That's what they do with every one of us. The devil looks for something wrong. And in Jesus, they looked for wrong, but they couldn't find it. As a result of that, he was our sacrifice. So, Lord, just as they did in the upper room, they handed around the cracker, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, and they all ate. Then Jesus handed around the cup and says, this is the New Testament cup in my blood. This drink in remembrance of me. It is better, isn't it? Of course, I, I, was, I had no competition. <laughs> All right, now it's time for praise and worship. I want to do a little something different this morning if you are willing to help me out here. Let's stand up. Now let's switch sides. Stand up. We're going to switch sides. You can stand in the aisleways if you need to. There you go. You can stand there. Just watch the cameras. We're going to get free this morning. Amen? We're going to fellowship and praise with our family. Right? This is our family, our friends. These are the people who are like-minded as us. And we're going to praise and worship God with our family. Amen? So... I encourage you and I challenge you with the people next to you. Grab hands, dance, smile, praise God for everything that he's done for you in your lives, and have a good time. All right. Chunks are too big, aren't they? Yes. Come on, let's put our hands together.
Cause you're worthy. I'll praise you with the dance. Turn the monitors up, please. Praise you with the dance. I will praise you with the dance. Hallelujah.
I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare to you, my past is over and you, all things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. What a moment you have brought me to such a freedom. I have found in you, you're the healer. You make all things new, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going back, I'm moving ahead, I'm here to be clear.
things new, yes, you make all things new, and I will follow you
their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and your children and your children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the evening in your coming and your going in your weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 he is for you
in your coming, in your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is with you. He is for 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 you. person next to you and say the joy of the Lord is going to be my strength. Turn to the person next to you and say the joy of the Lord is going to be my strength. Lord bless you. Come on. This is your family right here. Hallelujah. Tell them blessings. The Lord's going to bless you. Amen. Amen. He is for you. 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 He's for me. He's for me. He's for me. He's for me. He is for me. He is for me. Amen. Amen. That'll be your declaration for the year. That's our New Year's resolution. That he's for me. <laughs> Can I have some line, people line up for a testimony? And um, I'd like to hear some of what God's done this past year. But if, he, if you want to give your personal testimony on some, a different year, that's fine too. Uh, but we want to hear what God's done for you. So if you could line up and somebody else come up here. I know we all have testimonies. Come on, what has God done for you this year? What has He done for you in the past? There we go. Now we get a line. So go ahead, have someone come up. Okay, thank you. We'll do that. You know, um, just a quick testimony. Most of you know, like uh, eight weeks today, I had a stroke, and God has done miraculously for me. I mean, it's a miracle. It's just been amazing. and just to feel the prayers, the people praying, I mean, being on that receiving end was amazing. I mean, I, I guess I can say I never really experienced that before, not like that. And it was in a much greater way. So thank all of you for praying. But um, I've already told the story, but I had something else because I'm not saying. Um, then uh, when was it? Probably October. When was the hurricane in, in Florida? Um, Ivan, is that his name? Huh? So, okay. I think October. But, or, I don't know when it was. But anyway, not that long ago. But recently, my, my family lives in Fort Myers, Florida, where it hit. I have a brother and a sister and nephew, nephews, I should say, and a sister-in-law. And um, it, it, it's, it was one of those hurricanes. It was not hmm, your normal hurricane. They were messing around. Uh, it stayed for hours. They got pounded for hours and hours and hours and hours. Uh, but before everything started, they were in their house. They, they, you know, they stayed. They didn't have much warning, really. They didn't know where it was going to hit. Um, so I got, I got on the phone with my brother and all of everybody, and I said, I want to pray for y'all. And uh, also, they had some other family members um, there also from their their daughter-in-law, and. So we prayed, so we prayed for no damage to their home, their cars would be protected, 
Uh, his boat would be protected. There would be no harm. So, I mean, we just named off everything. And um, the, their house was was just fine. Their whole ne- We prayed for their neighborhood. It was fine. There were some branches down, but that was it. Um, and but they heard pounding and pounding and pounding just going on the wind blowing it for like I think eight hours straight. Usually it moves on past. Um, but he, he, <laughs> he called me the next day. It was on a cell phone before it ran out of battery. But he goes, Leslie, there's something you forgot to pray. I said, what is that? He goes, for the electricity did not go out. <laughs> because everything else we prayed for is all okay. And so, I mean, not their car, no cars were damaged or anything. Um, and we had boats on top of boats, and the shrimp boats were destroyed. And, you know, pray for that area still. It's still in a lot of devastation. Um, it, needs a, it needs a lot of prayer. It needs a lot of reconstruction going on and, and just redoing a lot of things. But there were um, docks on top of docks and boats on top of cars, you know, that kind of thing. So, and on top of houses even. Uh, so it, that's a, you know, God, he, you know, testimonies are not always, they're not ever fun to go through, <laughs> but they're fun when you get to the other end and see what God did, Amen. you know, so that's my testimony. And they overcome by the blood of the lamb. by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. So my testimony, of which I have many, because I have a lot of praises, the Lord has done a lot for me, but I want to tell you about the time that he came and got me. There was a time in my life, this was about two years before I met Leslie. This was in 1980, and uh, I had been married and divorced, and then married and divorced, and I thought, I'm done with women. <laughs> uh, they hurt me. I'm not, and I might add, in the things I'm about to do, I know we're not Christian like I was raised Christian. And so I know I'm not going to be saved. I know I'm not going to, okay, look, I mean, I'm just telling you, okay? I know I'm not going to heaven, but this is what I got to do. And so I went out and sinned like there was a reward for it. Have you ever done something and you're so embarrassed about it, you don't even want to talk about it? So I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so I'm not going to talk about it. But for two years, I was quite a sinner. And I thought God had forgotten me. Anyone ever felt that way? I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to heaven, so I may as well sin and have a good time and do what I want to do, which is, of course, the wrong things. And God came and got me. This story is about how God came and got me. Now, I was saved at nine, but this was when I was like 30 years old. So one night I walked out of a bar, and I was why I told the story here a couple of times before. And I was walking to my car, and I didn't hear an audible voice in my ear, but it was so crystal clear, I stopped right beside my car, And I looked up because I could show you the very telephone pole to this day where I looked up and I saw the bugs flying around it. I looked up and I answered God. So what I heard was, when are you coming back to me? So I thought about it for a second. 
because I knew that was God talking to me. I never heard him before. But, you know, when God talks to you, you don't have to be told it's God talking, right? Okay? When God wants to talk to you, he'll talk to you. And you know, he doesn't have to say, this is God. I've never had him say, this is God. He never identifies himself. You know. He said, when are you coming back to me? And I stopped. And I looked up and I said, by the way, I'm about to say the wrong thing. <laughs> I said, Lord, I said, I'm sorry, but I'm just not done sinning yet. I'm going to have to put you back on the shelf a while longer. Got in my car, drove off. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Now, I wish I knew exactly how long, but my guess is it was about 30 days later, less than 20 steps from that very spot in the very parking lot, just outside that bar, he decided he was going to get my attention and cracked me on the head uh, to get my attention. And I remember thinking that night, okay, you have my attention. (laughs) And he arranged to get me in a peck of trouble. It's much worse than what I just told you. That's as far as I go. So I walked out of that situation saying, okay, it is time for me to clean up my life and start getting right with God. Now, it took me about a year to reach this next point. So I had uh, I wound up getting a divorce from number two. She's a number three. Uh, from number two. And I remember God was calling me. Come back to me. So I thought, all right, look it. I'm not going to be like one of these people that say, oh, I got Jesus. And then two weeks later, they're back to the same person. I thought, if I'm going to clean up, I'm going to clean up. Look, I didn't get down in the mud instantly. It took me a while to get down there. And it's going to take me a while to get out. So I'm going to clean up slowly. But when I clean up, I'm going to stay clean. So I remember that night, I was at the dancing drinking place. And I thought, Okay, look, I'm, I'm, tomorrow I'm, I'm really going to go to church. I, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home early tonight. I'm going to go home at midnight instead of 2 o'clock. And I got, went home and I set the alarm. The alarm went off to get up to go to church the next morning. <laughs> Hit the snooze button next week. So next week. I thought, all right, I'm, I, I still got to go to the dance and drinking place, but I'm not going to drink, and I'm going home at 10 o'clock. So I went home at 10 o'clock, set the alarm. I have a microphone, so I'm going to win. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> We're kids, anyway. So the alarm went off, and I got up, and I wasn't woozy this time, so I got up and went to church. And this was a church that I'd heard some people talk about. That was a pretty on-fire church. Walked in, where do I go? Okay, well, we'll put you over here. And long story short, I found myself sitting next to a couple of guys and a couple of girls. And about that time, all the men in the whole congregation, there's like 300, maybe 400 people in this whole congregation, all the men stood up and started walking down to the front. And this girl pushes me. She says, go with them. Go with them. <clears throat> all right, fine. So I... Walked in and went down. And they, in those churches, you know, they kind of have it high back here. And then as you get close to the front, it kind of slants down where you're kind of going to the front. So I went down to the front. 
Okay, this is all right. And then all the men knelt down. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm going to kneel down. I don't have a choice. I'm standing up here now. So I kneeled down, and this was the prayer. I said, all right. You got me here. I've made a mess of my life. If you'll give me another chance, I will read your book, meaning the Bible, King James, and I will follow it from here on out. Give me another chance. So I started going to that church. I got rebaptized, and I decided to clean up my life. Now, this morning you can bring any kind of a testimony, but we had kind of a testimony night for our men's meeting here a few weeks back, and it was really awesome. And we heard some awesome testimonies. So you can give a testimony of what God has done in your life recently, like this last year, or if you want to, you can just give your testimony. But I will say this. Why don't you give the best testimony because we want to give praise, glory, and honor to our God. That's what we really want to do. And folks that are watching, just want to let you know there is a real God in heaven. Amen. And just like I didn't think he loved me, knew about me, cared about me, but he came and got me right out of that parking lot where they do dancing and drinking. And I'd have never even thought I'd have even been much of a Christian, much less pastor of church and prophecy club and prophetic oil and Joseph Kitchen, all the things he's allowed me to do. So uh, he bought me and paid for me with a price too high. And so my attitude is, please allow me to serve you all of my life. It's on. Okay, praise the Lord. Well, I have thousands, thousands testimony. A lot of them you know, a lot of them you don't know. But I was thinking about what I should share. But so I decided to expose myself a little bit, what God has been doing and what he has done. I praise him for all. Um, I was doing just fine all these years through the Holy Spirit. But after the mission trip was all over, we spent a lot of money. Okay? Then uh, my heart was like, okay, we are the minister of God. And uh, when we minister, we should receive donation, some sort of a donation. So, and I knew that. I mean, we've been ministering for a long time. In different level as our mentor, our spiritual mentor. And I don't know what got into me. Devil got into me, right? Um, I was offended by it. It never bothered me before, but I was beginning to get offended. When we minister, not even 2%, not even 1% of people was giving. And 
before I, it never bothered me, but it started bothering me. And actually, the Holy Spirit reminded me and showed me I was angry about it, actually. I was angry inside, which is, didn't, wasn't exposed before. So I started complaining to Lou, you know, he's so precious. I'm telling you, God is so good working through him because it doesn't matter to him. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter the timing, time either. He will answer that phone. He will call and talk. Then he will minister and all this. And so I was kind of a little angry with him too, you know. And so when he say, uh, Sunni, you know, we have the deliverance here. And, you know, I said, again? Are they a giver or not giver? You know, kind of like that. So that was how my attitude was going. And at that time, I didn't even realize what I was really doing. Okay? And I was just in flesh and disappointed and fended. So that went on for a while. Then I just keep asking God. I said, okay, what next? What next, what do you want? Kind of like that, you know. Then one day, Holy Spirit said, you're angry. I go, what do you mean I'm angry? I'm not angry. <laughs> said, you're offended. I'm not offended, <laughs> you know. And But I was. Then I, he made me see my attitude and my heart. And because then I didn't want to do the ministry. Okay, Lou, if you want to, you can do it, you know. If I have to, I will, but... The, the, my zeal and the fire I had on was, it wasn't there. I was angry and offended by it. So I struggled with that. At the beginning, I didn't even know that was happening to me. Then later on, Holy Spirit was started revealing, started dealing with me, and I was wrestling with him about it. And finally, you know who always wins? Yeah, God always wins because I want to follow his way. And I know I was in trouble. And I began to ask, Holy Spirit, help me. I don't like this ugliness in me. I don't want to feel this way. I want to have that zeal. I want to have that fire. I want to care for people. I want to be on team with Lou. You know, and he would do either with me or without me, but I know he was frustrated. You know, so was I on the other side. You know, so... Then one day, finally, Holy Spirit, I was wrestling and wrestling and wrestling. And finally, one day, I say, okay, all the theory I know already, we cannot outgive God, and you do it. You the one do it. It's not the people. I mean, we know, I knew that. I knew that. But finally, I said, okay, Holy Spirit. Okay, I'll do it again. I don't care. If it's a, no penny coming in, I don't care. You, you can use one person to give us two million if that's what you want to do. Or if you decide a none, that's fine too. But I want to pass this test. I want to pass, you know. So, and, and I didn't like what I saw in me. I didn't like it. It was ugly. It was bad. And if anybody else done that, I would have went and said, <clears throat> <laughs> but that was me. I didn't know I had that in me. And I want to praise God. He dealt with me for quite a bit, actually. And I finally surrendered to Holy Spirit. said, okay, I will do it. I will do it with a good attitude. I don't care if anything comes in or not. I don't care. I don't care. 
because I know what you call me for. And I'll run my race, and uh, please help me so I have a good attitude, and my motive in my heart was good, and not like that. That was really bad. So I just want to say it, expose myself for what I've been doing, what I've been wrestling, and what Holy Spirit's been doing, because he's not letting me get away with anything anymore, seems like. Uh, even with Lou, you know, I turn around, Holy Spirit already speaks to me. Okay, so I am getting better, but I want to give this New Year's 2023. I'm not finished. I'm walking forward. And, and Holy Spirit is always with me to watch over me, and he exposed my evil heart. Because he loves me, he wants to cut that off so I could be a better vessel. So I don't know about you, you're always good heart and you're loving people. But sometimes I struggle with that, and he's cutting those things up. So I want to give the Holy Spirit and Jesus and Heavenly Father praise to get me back on the track. And the 2013 will be awesome. Amen. I praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 23, 23 yes. Good job. I want to give you a hug. Oh, thank you. That was her best talk ever. She opened up and shared. My guess is you needed to hear some things she just said, because I certainly did. Amen? Give you appreciation. Thank you. Next. The Apostle Stan said, give your best testimony. My best testimony just walked off the stage. So I know a lot of you can say the same thing, so I'm going to say, but um, God give me my wife. That's a miracle. We're, we're a walking miracle. He, you know, she tried to kill herself, so he pulled us out of the sewer, and look where he put us. He brought us to Texas. We're here because God sent us to Texas. I'm in the house I live in because God got me my house. I know others here got houses just within the last two, three months that you can say the same thing. So every area of our life, you know, the finances, debt paid in full, God showed up and did that. I mean, you just, it's amazing. Miracle after miracle. So let me just say, um, we did three mission trips last year. I uh, saw instantaneous, I'm talking about lay hands, pray for a broken back, and the guy can touch his toes and bend over. We saw that instantly in Honduras. Um, cast out demons all over the globe. And over Zoom, you can cast demons out over the Internet. It happens all the time. And uh, this last week, you know, I, cr I pray for all kinds of stuff that you would probably never think to pray for, but this happened last week. I had a chicken, a rooster, the young one, that got his behind kicked because he came in new, and they go through the pecking order. He got beat up. He had a swollen eye closed shut and snot coming out of his beak. I look at him. I knew he wasn't feeling good because he wasn't moving around. I go, be healed in Jesus' name, day one. Day two, I closed I laid hands on him, be healed in Jesus' name. Day three, he's running around normal, eyes open. So we serve a God that still answers prayer and does miracles. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God is not mocked. 
No? Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You know, and I say this, you know, I'm, since I've been there, I changed my testimony, you know, what I'm going to say here about three or four times, you know. And I, after your testimony, I said, well, maybe I need to come a little bit closer, you know, things that we're going through. Um, well, you guys all know that uh, I was a missionary for many years, and, you know, and that's been my heart, you know. And then about 20 years I was, you know, uh, um, that was a time that, you know, I had a, even a little bit more, but I had to leave that other group, and, and uh, um, you know, that's a long story. But uh, um, I wasn't even thinking of coming to the States, you know. Uh, uh, I always believed, you know, that this was a great whore, <laughs> you know, though I came a lot and all that, but, you know, I, I, I had that thing, so... The Lord did something which, you know, I even said, what happened, you know? But, you know, I'm here in the States, you know, and, uh, um, uh, you know, I brought my family here because whatever happened in Venezuela. But, you know, all these things. But I was always praying, Lord, I want to go back to the mission. You know, my heart has been always in the mission. And boy, was a hard time because also, because since I was 21, I had just uh, uh, served the Lord. I'm getting to someplace very close right now, but I'm just trying to get that back. <clears throat> you know, I, um, I went for a time that all of a sudden I said, I served the Lord since I was 20 years old. You know, I ha I'm going to get a little time for myself. Well, that little time went for too many years, you know. And then I just was pushing for mission, mission. And uh, it was a hard, you know, it was quite a few years. Nothing happened, you know. And I felt, well, Lord, did you finish with me? You know, I, I'm, I'm finished, you know. And then you guys know what the Lord has been doing, you know, with Honduras and, you know, whatever he's going to do. In the thing, but you know, lately, oh boy, now I have to expose myself, and I don't like that. <laughs> you know, I, I felt a little bit, you know, uh, um, how would I say, huh? Not rejected, maybe you know, <laughs> things are not going the way you think they should go. And what do you do? You get rebellious, and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, which, <laughs> you know. And even last night I was praying, and I said, Lord, wait a minute. You know, I had to come and all of a sudden and say, Lord, am I getting rebellious? That's the sin of witchcraft, you know, that, which is a pretty thing, you know, pretty heavy thing, you know. So, uh, uh, and that just happened, last, last night I didn't have too much of a, a sleep, but, you know, I, uh, um, I, I wasn't even going to tell this story right now because it's, you know, I was going. <laughs> but, but anyway, I don't know how long I've been here, but somebody could tell me how long do I have? 60 seconds, 60 seconds only. Well, anyway, uh, the Lord is working in my life. Pray for me, you know, because... Uh, um, you know, is is 
we have to get to those points and just yield to the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's it. God bless you. <laughs> So um, this will be brief, hopefully. Um, a year ago, um, two days after 2022 uh, began, my then 15-year-old son attempted suicide. And that began the 12 darkest days of my life while he was in the hospital. Um, as a single mother, I had not been away from him for much longer than a few days at a time. So 12 days um, after, after that, it was, it was pretty dark. Um, I found this church. Fortunately, I had been introduced to this church um, the year before and started to attend again, um, knowing that I needed help, um, beyond which I, I could find nowhere else. Um, friends and family, they can love you, but I, I needed real help. I found this church, and through this church and everyone in it, um, in particular um, the, through deliverance, thank you, Suni and Lou, um, both my son and I have been coming for the last year, and the healing began when I got him back after the dark 12 days. Um, and it's been a journey, quite a journey, but I'm here on this stage talking to you today because of this church and every single person in it. And I can't thank you guys enough. Um, and my son has blossomed and grown so much in the last year. It's just, I mean, the way God has shown through him is is in itself miraculous and we've got a long ways to go um learning every day but um i i just really want to thank you all and um you know i'm here thank you for saving me because i i lived through it because of you guys thank you, thanks well i'm gonna give my testimony about almost 23 years ago well, it will be 23 years ago this march that God changed my life, okay? A little back history. I was raised as a Christian, but I had a bad example of my family as my father. And so I thought being a man was to go out and do everything he did, drink, womanizing, whatever. But I went farther than that. I got into drugs. I started riding with motorcycle gangs. I was not just chasing women. I was definitely a womanizer. I wasn't a good person at all. I wasn't a good person at all. And... Then I got married, got divorced, that fell apart because of some of my doing and some of my ex-wife's doing, but that's all behind me. And then in the 90s, I started kind of trying to seek God again. Well, on March 1st, 2000, I was in an explosion at a job I just got. I was working for the military. And uh, I went to the hospital. My leg, my foot was folded backwards and upset next to my thigh. Uh, I get to the hospital. They gave me a 40% chance to live. And that's the last thing I remember for three days. And they'd put me in a coma, you know, stabilize my leg and everything. I basically didn't have any bone left in my left leg, and the muscle was totally destroyed. And uh, they woke me up and told me, well, we're going to have to cut your leg off. And I'm like, uh-uh, you know, because I can see my foot down there. And I wiggled my big toe, and I said, oh, yeah, I've got a perfectly good foot down here. You ain't going to take my foot. But I had nothing but just a little skin and muscle holding that part of my leg on. Well... I asked about a bone graft, hog leg transplant, you know, rod. Nope, nope, can't do it, can't do it. And so I went to sleep at night praying like I'd never prayed before. And God came to me in a dream. Now, I didn't see him, but I saw myself walking straight ahead on both legs. And he was standing right behind his shoulder. I could feel him right there. And uh, he says, trust me. Don't let them take your leg. I will save your leg. 
but you have to change. And I went, okay, <laughs> okay. Because Justin was just 15. I was only 45 at the time. So I saw myself turn to the right. Well, I knew I guess I'd made the right choice. It was kind of a prophetic symbol. Anyway, for three weeks, I'll make it kind of quick. For three weeks there, the doctor came in every morning. You ready to amputate your leg? Nope, God's going to save my leg. And everybody thought I was nuts because I kept telling them, no, you can't take my leg. God's going to save it. And they'd even gone to my parents and my son to have them sign a waiver saying I wasn't in my right mind, you know, Go ahead and amputate my leg. But my mom held out. Thank God she was an awesome Christian lady. And I know her prayers had a whole lot to do with that. And uh, anyway, the doctor kept coming in wanting to cut my leg off. And I got really, I'll say, nasty with him in more ways than you can imagine. Rather direct. direct. All kinds of uh, profanity and threatened to throw my bedpan at him that I was sitting on and Everything else told him all he wanted to do was just take my leg off so he could buy his wife a new car or take her to Hawaii. You know, I was I was all over him. So he left, and that was on Thursday. He comes back in on Friday, and I start my rant again because I knew what he was going to say. And he goes, hold on, man. I got somebody Mike could help you out. So, okay, this guy comes in Monday morning and says, ask me some questions about my leg. He looks at it and goes, we're going to try something new on you. We're going to stretch and regrow the bone in your leg. And that's what they did. And that was that, trust me, don't let them take your leg. I will save your leg. You know, because, I mean, just that that sheer faith of hearing his voice and him being behind me, I wasn't giving up. I wasn't giving up. God talked to me. Y'all ain't going to tell me he didn't. Y'all ain't going to tell me he ain't going to save my leg. Anyway, I asked him how long is it going to, uh, he says, well, how much time you got? I says, where am I going? <laughs> you know, what am I doing? He goes, well, it takes about two years. But we're going to set you up. We're going to stretch the bone in your leg. If you ever get a bone infection, we're going to cut it off right away. Well, three times during that two years, it was a struggle. But three times during that two years, I got a bone infection. And uh, I would pray about it, have the same dream. Next day, I'd go in right before pre-op surgery. And uh, no more infection. Just gone, just overnight, bone infection gone. And during that time, I decided, okay, I know about God, but I don't know who he is. So I did Bible study for two years with anybody that would do Bible study with me. Seventh-day Adventist, Jehovah's Witness, Pentecost, you know, Church of Christ, Presbyterians, Baptists, everybody. Everybody. Because I wanted to know why there's so many different denominations. We're all supposed to believe in Christ, but we all have a different agenda. We're right, you're wrong, you're wrong, we're right. You know, and why they ring it, read out of so many different Bibles. You know, it's like, wait a minute. There's one word and there's one church. So I came away basically King James and non-denominational. And uh, my life changed at that point whenever I said yes to the Lord. And I've never looked back. Uh, two years and two months later, I was walking on my leg. And all the muscle that had been destroyed in the leg miraculously grew back. They told me I'd never walk, never climb stairs, never do anything else. I got a little limp. I think that's just a sign in remembrance of what he's done for me. You know, and uh, and then <laughs> I got another minute or so left. Then several years later, I'm asking God, why did you take so long to pull my head out? Okay. <laughs> and uh, he says, you weren't ready yet. And then he downloads on my, downloads in about half a second from the time he hit his hand on my life from the time I was from nine years old up until now all the times he had tried to push me back and I just went on the bill way and turned away from him 
He showed me all the times I'd prayed to him. He didn't answer to me, but I just turned my back and went the other way. Okay. And since then, my life has changed. And one of the best things he ever did for me was making me come here. He didn't give me a choice. He was on me for over a week to come to this church. And I'm like, okay, okay. But uh, I've, he's had me lay hands on people. I've seen him heal. He's had me pray for people. I've seen miracles done. He's blessed me where I've been able to bless people. Like Stan was talking about with financial blessings. He'll put somebody on my heart. They're literally in need. I'll talk to them. They're in need. I'll bless them. They'll say, oh, we'll pay you back some of this. No, tie it to a church. Don't give anything back to me. It's not from me. It's from God. And uh, he has continued to bless me and bless me and bless me in so many ways. I get to evangelize to people when I travel the country. We serve an awesome God. And I thank you, my Lord. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you mind showing them your light? Yeah. Now, look at this. You can see all that? All this bone down here was gone. That's where all the damaged muscle was that was not there. And it's all grown back. You can see the scar when I moved the leg. And uh, you can see it's a little bent, too. But a bent leg's better than no leg. (laughs) When we did the men's meeting, he was telling that story. You should have seen the look on everyone's face. Like, (gasps) It was amazing. Well, I'm going to shock y'all. I'm probably going to spend less time than anyone up here. Amazing. (laughs) I've got three things, and they're from this year. First, that I'm still alive, and I mean that in every sense of the word. Earlier this year, there was an accident at the plant I worked at. Uh, There was a pallet probably contained at least 1,000 pounds, maybe 1,200 pounds worth of product of a support being gave way. And it fell from a height of about 45 to 50 feet and hit flush on my forklift. It was a dead shot right above my head. If that guard, forklifts have a guard for just that situation. That guard had not been there. If I hadn't been killed outright, I probably uh, would have had a severe or permanent injury. God kept me from being killed that day, no doubt about it. Funny thing was, two people came up to me afterwards and looked at me real funny and said, what are you looking at? You look like Casper the ghost. And I was like, what are you talking about? The dust from the material, when it broke and fell, it literally had a cloud, and it coated my face about a half inch thick of porcelain, dust porcelain. So they said, I look like Casper the ghost. So that was the one thing, too, right here, this stage. My second hardest thing I ever did in my life was come here. I literally was crying when I told my former church I was leaving to come here. It was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Why? Because I get to teach. I get to teach. I... I've never, and the, the greatest joy I get nowadays is not from work or even my spare time. It's when I'm on this stage teaching you. And you have given me a confidence that I've never had before. You have been very gracious in the words you've told me. You have affirmed that I'm a teacher. 
I have the talent. I never believed that of myself or in myself until I came here and Pastor Stan and Prophet Leslie gave me the opportunity to teach. I'm pretty sure at times they were looking at each other, why in the world did we let this guy up here? But they stuck with me and they supported me and I am eternal grateful to you, Pastor Stan, for that. Now, the third point, I'm probably going to get emotional. Three weeks ago, in that room over there, I had something said to me that I don't think I've ever had said. This person said, you are a rock. I was so shocked, I'm surprised my jaw didn't break from hitting the ground. This is a person that has a family, has children, they're strong Christians. Their, their families that they come from are strong Christians. Their spouse is as much a rock as any man or any person I've ever seen in my life. And yet, for all that, someone told me, you are a rock. And I'll tell you, I've never thought of myself as a rock. I've thought of myself barely getting by. And many days, I, I think that even now. But to have someone say something like that to me, who is, is not the best, I cannot tell you the confidence and the joy that that one sentence has given me. And so uh, those are my blessings. And I told you I was going to be shorter than everyone else. So I wanted to give you one that um, I had been really thinking about, and it um, just kind of hit me while I saw everyone, is um, 2012. I was coming back from a training session, and during that week, I wasn't feeling too well. I, my mouth kind of just, I, I had to drink every time. I had to do this. I had to do that. And so I wound up going to, you know, through the whole weekend, I was like deciding, well, this is, if I'm still feeling this on Monday, I'm going to the doctor. So still feeling it on Monday, of course. And so I decided to go to my normal doctor, go see my doctor. Doctor couldn't figure out what was going on with me. She tried everything. Then she looks at me and she says, let me take your blood. Takes my blood and puts it in, if you guys all know, an A1C meter. She reads my numbers and she just looks at me and says, what hospital? do you want to go to? It, it, there, there was just no doubt. And so we just said, we're going to go here. I get there. I have no clue what's going on with me. I go to the doctor. They take my blood there. They admit me to the ER room itself at that time. And they come in and they tell me that my blood sugar was over 1,100. Now, dead. What's normal is 80 to 120. Wow. 
700, you're supposed to be in a diabetic coma. At 1,000, you're supposed to be dead. I walked into the ER room. I, well, shuffled in. <laughs> but I was still walking. I was stubborn. I was, I was determined that I wasn't going to be sitting down. Um, I was admitted for over three days or four days for them to get it under control. But um, I look back now and I can really see God's hand there, you know, even so much as just putting the stubbornness in me of not wanting to do, you know, not, not wanting to just lay down. Thank you, everyone. So this is about what has God done for us as in testimonies, but I'll have a better question. What has he not done for us? Uh, from a kid, um, before I even know what's going on, I'm a child and my hand gets slammed into a door of a car by my parents and no injury to my hand and my whole hand got slammed in there, no injury to my hand. Um, next thing that happened was I was on a dirt lane and my grandfather he runs and grabs me from an oncharging horse that's getting ready to run me over. And then I'm at my other granddaddy's house, and they put me on a donkey or a horse or something, and it kicks me off in the air, and I land and I don't injure myself. That's, that's another miracle. Fast forward to the military. I'm, I'm in the military. I'm jogging with the troops, and I have to use the bathroom, and I don't want to do it in front of people. So I'm thinking it's a small ditch. It's like in the morning time, it's kind of dark. So, I'm, so in my head, I'm going to jump to the other side of the little short ditch, which turns out to be a gigantic thing where I fall way down, way down into some briars. So I had to, I had to, luckily it wasn't bigger than it was, and I had to climb back up through the briars and catch back up with the, with the troops and everything like that. Um, fast forward. Um, um, country boy that's living in this city and now I'm wilding out in this city and, and doing all the sins and stuff like that. And I come across this book called A Divine Revelation of Hell. That scared me straight for a while. <laughs> I started doing all the Jesus stuff and telling everybody about Jesus and all that stuff like that. And then I, you know, fall back, backslide back into sin again. And then I see the Prophecy Club on TV like at 4 o'clock in the morning. God woke me up at 4 o'clock in the morning while I usually waking up at 1 o'clock because I've been hanging out all night and stuff like that. While I'm waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, I see a prophecy club on. And they're talking about Freemasonry. And my grandma was an Eastern Star Mason, so I told her that Masonry was bad and all that kind of stuff like that. Fast forward, prophecy club got taken off the air. So I had to check them out on the Internet and stuff like that. I had a job at the Coast Guard base, got fired from there. My uncle invited me to go live in New Orleans which is close to Dallas, Texas, and I always told God from watching Stan, I said, that's the man I want to stand with in the last days. And I had even learned Psalm 91 because I saw him talking about Psalm 91, so I learned that. So fast forward, I come from New Orleans. I, I put everything in my car and everything because I'm a Cowboy fan, and I was like, you know what? I'm going there, and I'm hoping God going to let me stay in Dallas. That will be like my dream city. So I put everything in my car just in case he said yes. I came all the way over to Dallas to their Prophecy Club meeting. The, the topic was prayer closet, which is teaching you how to have an intimate relationship with God, um, dancing before God, just doing all these things, making up songs to God, 
just being real personable with God, you know, building your prayer closet. So I came over to that and everything, and I'm looking for the church because I'm real good with maps. And I'm looking for the church. I'm looking to see this gigantic prophecy club church cathedral. And I'm here, and it's a strip mall, and I barely see, oh, the sign in the window, it says prophecy club. So I went, okay, came in, the meeting and everything. It was what I expected. Uh, met a guy named Cody and everything like that in the parking lot. He said, yeah, this is a church, too. I'm like, oh, this is a church? I'm like, all right. So came back. That Sunday, after hanging out in Dallas and everything, came back that Sunday, came to church, got called out by God, called to the front. First thing, correction, Prophet Leslie. Hey, you listening to that that bad music, that Snoop Dogg music and all that stuff. And they didn't know because I had that music turned down when I come up here. They didn't, they, they didn't know that. So that was God. And I knew that was God. And then he told me everything about my life. And I knew it was him. And called another guy out here, Cody, got both of us same thing. Hey, the Lord be with you in that car. And that irritates him. That annoys him. Listen to that, that music, that stupid music. So, oh, man, he said everything about me. It was all spot on. The Lord was like, if I trust him, he'll take care of me financially. He did all that. Um, the pastor asked one of the brothers I could be a roommate. It, you know, he don't know me like street kind of looking guy like you know who's this guy you, you're gonna let him stay with you and he did and then we turned out to be brothers it was it was the best decision and we're still brothers to this day so um all the things that god does it don't always got to be something major or something big like a miracle and stuff like that like uh, an example i'm at work i'm at work yeah i'm at work and uh i dropped i dropped the coffee pot it's made out of glass and it didn't break and it bounces. And I said, that's a miracle. And I went, I went and told, I went and told the coworkers that was a miracle and stuff like that. And um, the Lord gives me, I'm working at Kroger. I'm just kind of skipping all over the place. I'm trying to get it all in. So I'm working at Kroger. I'm on the aisle. I'm, I'm doing the, the work and stuff. And the, the boss, the boss that I work for now, he asked me to show him where popcorn salt was. I showed it to him. He offered me a job to where I'm at now, making more. And also, he letting me rent on the facility so I can walk to work and everything like that. So um, the miracles are infinite. The things that God does, you just got to pay attention. And it's all the time. Never stops.
one shall I render to my Jehovah? For he has done so much, I mean much, for me and you, all of us here in the spirit of prophecy, church. If you want to tell me that God has not done anything, I'll say you are a liar. Especially the life that God has given to us. Every day we wake up and we breathe the air of life. Healing. Restoration. Is there anything that God cannot do? Nothing. There is nothing that God cannot do. It doesn't exist. If you ask God, he will do. Repentance, deliverance, he will do. Don't limit him. What I'm, I'm going to tell you, I got an accident. My car was destroyed, but I didn't get even a scratch. Secondly, I had some strange thing under my arms. I said, God, I don't want it. He removed it. Amen. Thirdly, I said, God, I'm tired of hiding, sick and hide. He gave my husband a citizenship. I don't want to mention all, but I will mention this. Back home, I, my, my, my father married five wives. He had so many children and so many grandchildren. All of them, they had well to do, but they, they hate me. <laughs> you know what? That is my brother. Please. Come on. Whoever, get out. That is one of them. One of my brothers. He's calling and calling. They will be calling. So they hated me to the core. They don't want to hear my name. They don't want, when they mention my name, they say, that one, oh, Holy Ghost power. We don't want to go there. When they mention my name, they say the power that is in her. Maybe she's a Freemason. Or she has John Ekanka that we cannot get hold of her. When once I uh, we open her name, there will be round light surrounding her. We can't get her. So we don't want to listen or, and we don't want to hear her name again. What we are going to do, we will find a way and kill him, kill her. My husband, please, find a way, kill this woman out. She's always when we call her. Why am I saying this? This December, I said, God, I'm not going to give them a might. God said, you are going to send them food. Buy back of rice to each and every one of them. I'm going to repay you. I said, God, where will I get the money? There are almost 50 people. God, he said, go there. Save them. Help them. Feed them. Send somebody to get into the store and buy and feed all of them. My brothers and sisters, I'm not here to brag. But I want to give God the glory. Because he gave me the unctions and he provided it. Because I was thinking, when I talked to my husband, 
Hey, that is your business. I don't have money. Where will you get the money? I said, God is going to provide it anyhow. You know I can cook. So somebody calling, calling, calling. When they call and say, cook, this I will cook. I send money. Send here and there. My brethren, I want to be happy. I want to tell you. When God tells you to do something, do it. And it will come to pass. You don't know where. And I send all the 50 people back of rice, 40,000 naira, each of them, to buy back of rice. 40,000 naira. That is one dollar here in America. Oh, 50, there about 30 something dollars here. So I send all of them. You know what? They called me yesterday. They said they have never expected this. It's God that will bless you. You see, the mouth that they cost, now is the mouth that they use and blessing me. When I dreamt, God said, I told you, I will change your heart. They are now, you are now, you bought them but with a grain of rice. <laughs> Nothing. Is there anything greater than God to do? I said, no. God, do good. God will return good to you. Yes. Amen. Praise God, everybody. There is so much to be thankful for in year 2022. I was speaking over my life saying that this is the year of vision because, you know, 22, right? 22, 22 vision. Um, there was a lot of challenges in, in uh, this past year. Um, but we are here standing today to praise the name of the Lord because through every single day, he has been faithful. There are so many stories I can share, so many testimonies about his faithfulness, his goodness over my life specifically, over our lives um, corporately as a family and even as a church. One thing that I really thank God for is the School of Prophets. Uh, I was invited there and, um, you know, it's something, oh, thank you. Uh, it's something that has really uplifted not only me personally, but this church. I feel that this church is now a stronger unit for it. Uh, we have started from the bottom, learning a lot about the fundamentals. But in these grand scheme of things, you know, we are more spiritual giants because of it. We realize a lot of. <laughs> can you get this one? Yeah, she wants to speak as well. Um, <laughs> we realize um, what it's done for us in in the uh, spiritual world. And I'm very, I'm grateful, especially to Prophet Leslie. Thank you for that. Um, we also have had brought a new member to the church, <laughs> Lila. So um, we're thankful for that. And my wife is going to share a little bit more about um, just, just a testimony here. Just to add on to that, we thank God this year because my husband did get uh, a promotion that catapulted us to coming back to Dallas because some of you know we used to live out of town, like out of town, like I mean, you know, an hour and a half-ish away. So we're happy to be back and God is so faithful because it says when you acknowledge him, uh, he will direct your paths. And we, um, in this crazy market, the summer was winding out. We were like, we need to move, but we don't know when. And there was a huge wave, a lot of bidding wars, and we ended up catching the very end of that wave, praise God. And then we were able to come in, into a market which is very volatile. Some of you might understand what I'm talking about because rates were literally, mortgage rates were going up every week. My husband and I were looking at each other like, are we going to end up in an apartment? But we, we trusted God, and he did 
did it, he did it for us in a way that we cannot even explain. It was him. He gave us a house we wanted for a much lower rate. And it was just him writing his name and saying, this is what I chose for you guys. So we are so happy and so blessed. And I really wanted to share something that has really encouraged us this year. Very short story about a missionary called Coriton Boom. That's something I've been listening to. And one thing that really, really changed our lives this year is being grateful for everything. I mean everything. This is going to encourage you. Even the worst thing that you think happened about today, be grateful for it. Because let me tell you, this lady was born during the Holocaust. And at that time, she was one of the people who were saving the Jews. And she had a whole fort and hiding the Jews and stuff. But somebody snitched. She ended up in the concentration camp. Her, her mom, her, her dad, her sister, and her brother. She ended up in the same dorm room with her sister, and her sister would be like, come on, let's pray, let's pray. And they would pray under the covers and pray and pray and pray. And then she would say, you have to, you have to thank God about that. She's like, what, the flies? And she's rolling her eyes. Okay, thank you, Jesus, for the flies, because their dorm room had a lot of fry, flies, right? Fleas, fleas, that's it, fleas. Sorry, I'm British. So anyway, fast forward, they came to find out why there were fleas in their camp. These Gustavos, the people who are like... Uh, 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 mistreating them, they would not come to their room. They would not come to their particular dorm room. You know why? Because of the fleas. The fleas. So it touched my heart. I was like, you know what? Even them, they realized, hey, we were over here. So can you can imagine living your life with fleas. But God can use that to change us, you know? Simple stories. And for me this year, I tell God every time I wake up, I'm like... Good thing or bad thing, Lord, I'm thankful because guess what the Bible says? All things work for good to them who love the Lord. You have to believe it, good or bad. You know why? Because there's two sides to this. There's our eyes and his eyes. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. That's it, period. So we praise him in the good and in the quote-unquote bad. There's no bad in us. Whatever he put in there, he put it for his glory. Praise God. Okay, I just want to point out, I'm not the only one that goes late. So do you guys. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. God is good. Everything my brothers and sisters have said here is so true. God can use the most little things to bless us. You can never ignore anything where God is concerned because you don't know what he's doing in our lives. I've come a long way, a long way. I've been single since my son was six, my daughter three. On December 16th, he turned 31 years of age. And I give God the glory because he was born with so many difficulties. Heart surgery at eight weeks of age, ear surgeries, eye surgeries. I mean, it was just, it got to a point where I just didn't know, but I knew there was a God. I couldn't just pray anymore, but I just know he knew what I was going through. And every point in time, God always comes through for me. At one point he had surgery and um, he uh, had an allergic reaction to the anesthesia. He was just flagging all over the place. My husband at the time left me, the doctor, the nurses, they left because they didn't know what to do. The Spirit of God said, Give him, give him apple juice. And you know, right after surgery, you're not allowed to eat anything. 
So, you know, and I had him on my back, like, you know, we Africans put our babies. I brought him out. It was a private surgery center, and I walked there. They had a bunch of juices. I got apple juice, and I gave him to drink. As soon as I gave him that apple juice, he calmed down and fell asleep. The doctors came, what did you do? What did you do? I said, apple juice. You what? You know, and anyway, that was another story. <laughs> but I have come through so much. I mean, I've come through. I got divorced, like I said, six, and my daughter, three. And look at them today. My daughter graduated her master's degree. You know, he's 31 years old now. My daughter's engaged to be married. You know, it was rough. But at each point in time, God has always been there. He's always been there. People have come to bless me with money. The Lord said I should do this. The Lord said I should do this. The Lord said I should do this. At one point, I didn't have a car. And I had a friend who does auction. He said, okay, I'll get you a car and auction. Whatever amount you can pay me. I said, okay. Because I couldn't keep a 40-hour job because I was always in and out of the hospital with him. I said, okay, I'll give you $25 every picture. He said, okay, that's cool. That's how bad things was. And um, he got the car for me. When he gave me the car, he said, you know what? The Lord said I should give you the car. And he gave me the car. And here I am with a car. I'm telling you the truth. And then one day that car broke down. I went all over the apartment looking for people to jump this car for me. Couldn't find anybody. I got in the car. I said, Lord, start this car for me. And I'm going to take this car straight to where I need to get the part. Put the ignition. This is like after two hours. Put the ignition in the car and the car started. And I drove off. I mean, I have so many testimonies. I've been in near fatal accidents, you know, so many times. Once on 75, the Lord says, speed up. And I looked at my spirit. I mean, I'm already going 80 because I always drive fast. <laughs> I said, I'm already going 80. He said, speed up. So I sped up, got behind this um, uh, 18. That was when he told me speed up. So I changed lane to, so I can speed up. When I changed lane, the car in front of the 18-wheeler moved out of the way, and I saw a ladder in the middle of the highway. The 18-wheeler that I was behind couldn't stop. You know, on time, he slammed on his brakes so hard that it knocked him out of the highway back into traffic where I was behind him. All the cars that were coming behind that 18 wheeler, boom, boom, boom. And I moved into the side of the road. Have you ever been so scared you peed on yourself? That was me because I knew what would have happened to me. But I mean, so many times like that, you know, I, I, countless times. And, you know, uh, he's just always been there. Whenever I need him, it's not that I go into three, four, seven days fasting and prayer. I've been, you know, I mean, I've been by myself to where I just, I know there's a God. I believe in him. He knows I believe in him. You know, when I pray, I said, Lord, even though I have a mother and a father, they're not really there. Because my parents went to other religions that I cannot really, you know, say, let me go for them for help. You know, I had to know I at an early age, my grandmother uh, raised me until I was 10 in the village. So he, she always goes to the, uh, the Methodist missionaries, built a church in our village. So she was one of the members there. Five o'clock in the morning, we're walking through the bush path for morning prayer. So that's how I knew about Jesus Christ, God and everything. So when I came here, got married, and things went south, I knew there's Jesus. I knew there's a God. So I held on to it and um, came to this church. 2013, my daughter just graduated college. My auntie, Sister Ini, kept, for years she'd been saying, you need to come, you need to come, you need to come. You know, finally I came, you know, that year, Prophet Leslie gave my daughter a beautiful graduation party. 
she ended up with over $500, which we didn't even know where we were going to get money to even buy her a card, you know, and that's where it started. I went to nursing school at age 52 last October, or this October, last October I celebrated my 64th birthday. I just give God the glory. He's been with me just the other month. The Lord blessed me with a new house. I've been paying rent all along. This house, I'm telling you guys, is a four-bedroom house. The builder gave me $11,000 towards the closing. They gave me, they put the blinds for me. They put the sprinkler system. They put the stove, the microwave, the washer dryer. The only thing I bought in that house was the fridge. I moved in into a brand new four-bedroom house. It belongs to me and me alone. And Prophet Leslie and uh, Pastor Stan and Sui and Apostle, uh, they all came. Bless that house for me. Every day I go home, I just say, Lord, I see where you brought me from. And I see where you have me now. And I know that where you're taking me to can only be better than this. We're now in 2023. It only, can only get better. I just want to encourage you all. You know, just believe in God. Trust him. I don't care what it is. Even the problems you encounter is for his glory. So just believe. Believe and trust. He will never forsake us. He will never leave us. He's God. He said, he said come, let's reason one another and see what I will do for you. He's God. He changed it not. The same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God that divided the Red Sea that the children of Israel crossed on dry ground. And when the enemies came, and so shall any enemy that comes after you, well, they shall also be drowned. God will release that water, that evil they created. It will swallow them up also. Amen. God is God. He's faithful. He's kind. He's merciful. He's loving. He changed not. Amen. All glory and honor be to his mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and if you want to accept this God, all you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart. It's as simple as that. That's not the end of the journey. That's the start. That's the first step. And he will take you the rest of the way because Psalm 23 says he'll lead us into the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So when we ask Jesus into our heart, when we say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, come into my heart and save me, he does. He come in, comes in, and all of a sudden, he becomes the voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. All of a sudden, he lights up our path. He is the light that leads us in the ways that we should go. And all of a sudden, attitudes start changing. We say, I don't think I want to go to the left anymore. I don't want to go in the mud anymore. I don't want to go in the ways of the world. I don't want to do all the sins anymore. Instead, I want to follow Jesus. And then you start saying, wow, he's so perfect. He's so holy. It's so impossible to follow him. But Jesus says, that's right, but I'm going to help you. Continue to walk in my path, and I'll help you. And then every once in a while, if we get to where we don't listen, now you ready to listen? Yes, sir. That's the truth of the matter. At least that's what it is in my life anyway. Ask Jesus into your heart, 
And if you're watching online, if you slide down, there's a little blue line there. You can click and you can give and be a part of our congregation. You can also sign up to be a part of the congregation. Even more important, you can sign up to have your name in the book of life in heaven. Amen. Because one of these days, we're going to have to give an account. One of these days, we want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom of glory. Thank you, Lord.